And good afternoon and welcome to a new entry of the Morning Star Journal with me, Tariq. And this is a podcast that I take um, anywhere from probably 30 minutes up to uh, sometimes an hour to talk about uh, movies, games, TV, comics, just about anything and Um, everything that just comes up on my mind for the week. And today, if you uh, didn't know by the music, um, today I'm actually going to talk a little bit about Gone in 60 Seconds. Um, uh, Action, pretty much action heist movie from the 2000s. Definitely from that era if you ever watched it. I'm also going to take some time to put together... Uh, a Lego Ford Mustang set. So as I kind of get set up here, um, I move a few things. So if you um, haven't checked my Instagram recently, I put up a few photos showing that I was going to be building it today, and I'm going to be hosting a few more pictures of all these uh, different Uh, basically this whole setup that I'm doing on this and it is quite a lot Uh, there's at least um, there's uh, 10 different bags of uh, bits of Legos and then there's the whole pamphlet of trying to put it all together so this will be um, very interesting and I'm going to put together uh, probably just a collage of different uh, photos for me trying to build it up until when I finish it so, uh, before I get into Gone 60 Seconds, we actually have playing in the background right now for a little bit, uh, at least for most of this podcast. It won't go for the entire uh, movie. But um, one thing I do want to kind of go over just a few little, um, you know, uh, uh, things that happened this week and uh, kind of why I decided to go with this. So, it's funny. Originally, I wasn't going to even. Um, do this wasn't actually in my mind because if you um uh, attention to movies recently dark phoenix the last in the x-men movies uh from fox at least had just came out and um i was gonna maybe do a little bit on that and i was gonna talk about um x-men evolution which is a cartoon series not the latest cartoon series but um a fairly newer one that came out after the um x-men animated one from the 90s uh x-men evolution was from the 2000s and it was a really cool series that came out that did a great job in depicting the x-men and a lot of the different um like story arcs and it took a little uh it took little changes by uh shifting the age of certain X-Men where um, they weren't all teenagers, but they also weren't all adults. It kind of, you know, bridged the two between, um, between uh, you know, the between age ranges, which I thought did a really good job. But it turns out that um, everything I saw in Dark Phoenix, I uh, was not amused and I'm not going to even attempt to go try see it. Um, not going to give any kind of spoilers because I'm not going to spoil anything that I haven't seen, nor can I really give a, um, full on opinion about something I haven't seen, but I'll, I'll say it as least this much from what I've seen. It doesn't look like anything that would interest me. 
I'll probably try to catch it streaming just, uh, you know, whenever it becomes available. But other than that, I'm not going to go out of my way to see it, nor do I feel like I want to actually give them any money. Um, they've already got money for um, the ones they actually did well, like Logan and Deadpool, um, even X-Men First Class, which that pretty much they had their out to reboot the whole thing and yet they didn't do it which is just a shame but anyway um that's kind of where i was thinking about going to it uh because i also wanted to talk about not only just x-men evolution but just how deadpool seems to be like the x-men movie that actually worked like if you think about it you take deadpool and all you have to do is remove the assessed amounts of blood, take out the bad language and the adult comedy that it is in pretty much and just shift all that money into more mutants. Um, you don't even have to approve the effects too much because Deadpool got it unlocked and add a few more characters and story and there you have it. You could have had a great X-Men movie right then and there. I mean... I can't express enough how much they actually got Colossus and even Juggernaut right and made it fit within this kind of random world too. I mean, you've got the X-Men movies and they made everything very contemporary, very kind of realistic. All the mutants are, you know, normal humans. They don't really go too crazy with the prosthetics, the exception of like, you know, Beast, Nightcrawler ones that are actually... Um, you know, different, like a color per se, and also um, Mystique, at least in the first few movies. Um, but they really don't go overboard with any other means. Even Colossus, the person that they got for it, was just a really, you know, tall, muscular guy, and then he just turned to metal. Whereas in Deadpool, um, they actually went like full CG and even though it might, you know, be sad, oh, we don't get to see Colossus as a human. If you ever read the comics, it was always like boring whenever he was a human. He was more, he was <laughs> metal for the most part. So that actually worked out really well. But anyway, um, I, I've, I've had kind of going back to this and gone 60 seconds, but I really want to talk about I had this Ford Lego set for a, quite a while, uh, maybe about a month or so after it officially came out. Um, I had, you know, toyed one to get it, and I finally had, you know, enough to um, actually afford to get it. So I decided to purchase it, and I was going to set it to the side because I already have a built Ferrari. And I felt, hey, you know, if I had the Mustang, that'll make it a good companion. But not only that, but uh, earlier this week, the trailer for Ford versus Ferrari actually came out. Now, if you don't know what that one is, um, it looks like it's a uh, period piece that takes place around the um, 66, 24-hour uh, Le Mans race in uh, France. And it showed, the trailer has uh, Christian Bale, Matt Damon, and John Bernthal. And it kind of seems, and it seems like, you know, it's like Ford, and it kind of depicts like Ford's uh, um, attempt to get into the Lamaze to uh, 
uh, Le Mans, sorry, and uh, trying to uh, show off like their um, ingenuity and their engineering. So when I saw that trailer, I was like, you know what? This will be a good time to uh, put it together. And uh, and I figured, okay, well, if I'm going to put this together, I need something. Um, I felt like something appropriate to talk about with it. And what other than Gone in 60 Seconds, which, of course, if you know Gone 60 Seconds, uh, in, the one, in the later part of the, in the last part of the movie, there's a giant race in which, or not a, well, chase, I should say, not a race, where Nicolas Cage has to steal Eleanor, which in the movie is a Shelby GT, uh, GT500. So, um, a little bit, as, as you know, like what I try to do is I uh, try to give you a few, a little bit of background on the movie, um, what I thought of it, and a little, a little, little things that I picked out here and there that I thought were pretty cool. Uh, so, Gone in 60 Seconds, a 2000 action heist movie, and boy do I feel old where I remember when this was coming out, and uh, this was like... Like advertised, I thought it looked really cool because if you ever saw the trailer, it they really hype up the action part. I think that's why I really like this movie because there's a lot of the heist part that they don't show you in the film, and when you got to see it, like there was more to it than just the action. Uh, but the action really sold it for me, especially um, one of the. Uh, parts of the action where a police car actually gets pushed through um, a uh, concrete wall. And I'll also say that this is probably going to be the... This is probably the movie that made me like a split second even more. And I'm willing to bet if I go back my... I actually did a video or a podcast, I should say, on split second a while back... And I bet I probably mentioned Gone. I, I would almost feel like I had to mention Gone sixty seconds. And if I had it, then that's um, really bad on me. But anyway, uh, Gone sixty seconds had a really huge lineup. Like probably the biggest person at that time. Their name was uh, the main star, Nicolas Cage, who plays Memphis Reigns. Um, but a lot of the other actors and actresses in here um, were pretty big, or fairly big. They were kind of known, like you'd seen them here and there. So uh, some of the notable actors, you've got, um, of course, Nicolas Cage, Angelina Jolie, Giovanni Ribisi, uh, Christopher Eccleston, Robert Duvall, Vinnie Jones, uh, Chai McBride, Will Patton, Delroy Linton, and Timothy Oliphant. So it is a crazy cast, and I'm not even getting into the little cameos and um, other people that pop up here and there. It is insane. Uh, so the movie is directed by Dominique Sinna, and really the only other movie I saw that uh, that I remember that of uh, note was uh basically next year he made swordfish uh which is also a pretty cool action slash um that's more of a uh actually that's that's also a little bit of a heist even though it's supposedly a hacker movie in which uh Hugh Jackman Wolverine himself is a hacker so believe that or not um 
And it's kind of funny because that one came out in 2001, which was after X-Men. So you got Hugh Jackman. That one also had Halle Berry, who had played Storm. And Vinnie Jones, who would later, I think, yeah, because the movie came later, he would later play uh, Juggernaut. So it it had almost an X-Men cast in there. Um, And another um, big, and and I have to say, he has to be... Uh, and the next person I'm talking about has to have been the big influence for this film is um, the producer Jerry Bruckheimer. Now, you've probably seen that name pop up on hundreds of movies um, throughout the 90s, early 2000s. And more recently, you'll see it a lot in the... Uh, in the cut more recently in TV shows. Um, if you ever watch movies, and I mentioned Gone Six Seconds, uh, Swordfish, and I'm gonna go over a few other Jerry Bruckheimer films, like he's produced a lot of things, and there's kind of this how can I say similarity in them, there's a feel in them, there's like the, the, he, his movies almost exist. In this kind of hyper stylized world where things are more exaggerated. Like right now I'm watching it and uh, they're in a... And at this point in Gone 60 Seconds, Memphis is trying to get his uh, brother, Kip, out of uh, trouble. And they're in this uh, junkyard. But it looks out of, it looks like something out of like Blade Runner. It's got like all these like uh, fire pipes going all over the place. Uh, there's lens glares going from... Uh, all the different um, uh, lights and everything. And it is just, it's very of the 2000s. But if you look back on a lot of the movies, a lot of the movies feel so much the same. It almost like they all exist in the same universe. Kind of like the uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe. I wonder if, I, I was trying to think that maybe there's like a Bruckheimer uh, cinematic universe where all the movies and TV shows actually exist in one place. Um, so let's actually go to Jerry Bruckheimer real quick because I want to run down a few of his movies. And you know, you tell me, you know, you let me know if some of these movies just can't help it, but they've got to be very similar to each other. So let's see. We'll go from we'll go from about 90 Okay, we'll start around 95. So we've got Dangerous Minds, Crimson Tide, Bad Boys, The Rock, Conair, Enemy of the State, Armageddon, Remember Us, Gone in 60 Seconds, Pearl Harbor, Black Hawk Down, Bad Company, Bad Boys 2. Pirates of the Caribbean, Curse of the Black Pearl, Kangaroo Jack, King Arthur, National Treasure, Deja Vu, um, the second Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Man's Chess, and also the second uh, National Treasure, Book of Secrets. Um, we'll skip the other pirate movies so we'll know he's actually part of that. Prince of Persia, Sand of Time, Lone Ranger, 12 Strong. You can look at these movies and you can just see there's just this similarity and feel and texture almost in cinematography and just um 
even in some cases writing that makes me like I said just wonder you kind of look back at all these you, you could probably put these movies together and they're all happening I think in kind of different states or different cities they could be its own cinematic universe uh, but not only that, uh, a lot of dramas, including all, pretty much all the CSIs, so um, C the regular CSI, um, Crime Scene Investigation, Miami, New York, um, we've got um, a CSI Cyber, uh, Training Day, Lucifer, so he's definitely been a huge part of the pretty much the action uh, genre and especially the uh, police drama. If you kind of look at all these movies, all, a, lot of the, a lot of his movies deal with some kind of either um, law enforcement, sometimes um, military, just depending, but usually it's some kind of law enforcement, whether it be like police, FBI, or like DEA is another one that I feel like was more popularized because of things like uh, movies and shows that uh, depicted DA agents. I feel like that kind of brought them to light a lot more. Uh, so, and another thing that I really want to talk about, I also want to get into um, about Gone in 60 Seconds is the soundtrack. So, soundtrack, and I have it on here, so bear with me for about seconds so soundtrack um i think was put together by the island def jam music group and it was a weird kind of blend of uh different rock electronic and hip-hop music all rolled into one all rolled into one and a lot of the music kind of shifted between um not only just the action sequences but also the characters like there was the, you know, more like heroic music of Memphis. Um, same thing with Kip, of course, his brother. But you had this kind of um, more mellow music when uh, Angelina Jolie's Sway kind of shows up. Um, a little bit more of a, a gritty kind of hard rock when uh, Vinnie Jones's Sphinx, who's silent, actually shows up. And a little bit more playful when you get Kip's... Uh, gang basically his his new gang basically and this whole um and also uh, a little bit of a kind of hip-hop feel when we meet uh donnie who's part of uh, memphis's old gang and before i get into the main kind of you know body of the movie itself of course um and i didn't find this out until way later was that uh gone 60 seconds was actually a remake of a film back from the 70s um in 1974 there was another basically the there was the original movie gone in 60 seconds and that one was by and i can look it up in minutes was by H.B. Uh, Halicki, and I apologize if I got that name wrong, but he actually, um, but he actually, it's funny, I believe he actually uh, wrote it, he directed, he wrote it, he was a stunt driver, he was, I think, the main actor, and uh, they say filmmaker, so 
um, probably helped, probably produced it himself, but it was all about him. And one of the big things about that movie I remember was that it was, um, it was more of just the heist film. It was a little bit of a simpler story. It was more just about, you know, stealing the cars. And also the cars were a little bit more exotic. Whereas in the 2000 film, they're definitely cars. They're definitely different vehicles. There's, they're different, you know, um, muscle cars or exotic cars or things like that. Um, it seems like in the in the same form what I've read, it's more just random vehicles. Like there was a limousine, a truck. It was like these random vehicles that um, the person he was working for wanted. And that movie ends with a 40-minute chase with Eleanor, which at that time was, a, I believe, a 66... Uh, uh, no, not 66. Oh, it was, a, it was a 71 Mustang. That's right. It was a it was a 71 Mustang, but it was redressed to look like a 73 model. Um, but they used, but that's what they used for Eleanor. And I remember when I when I first found this out, I really wanted to see it, but um, at the time it was very hard to find. No one had it. And now, mind you, this is before. Uh, Netflix before uh, you can find a lot of things uh, streaming. So my choices were, hey, hopefully somebody has it or maybe Blockbuster has it in at some point. Yes, I'm old enough to remember and be there for Blockbuster. Don't hate. Um, but I remember trying to find it and it was just never there. And then one day I did come across it and I was able to watch it. And unfortunately, uh just maybe it just wasn't uh, my time or just wasn't in the mood that day but I just got bored with the movie it was just um I was maybe maybe I was expecting a little bit too much out of it but I I remember at least the very beginning I remember there was like this uh random scene where they're at some uh derby and there's a blimp and it actually says like uh, make sure you lock your door. Your car will be gone in 60 seconds. I was like, oh my goodness, that's uh, <laughs> it's just too much right there. But what I do remember, though, and I kind of um, uh, remember this part, was the last chase scene, which was really impressively done. It was like almost 40 minutes long. This is in the late, this is in the early 70s, so this is all practical effects this is no uh cgi and um you know nothing like that these are all real cars and they go through so many cars like i believe the account and i'm gonna look it up real quick just to make sure that i'm not getting this wrong i believe it was somewhere around like 90 some odd cars that they ended up like totaling and wrecking not 90 mustangs but just uh no, I take that back. Um, if I'm reading this correctly, it actually came out to around 400. Um, yeah, around 400 automobiles were destroyed in the film, um, which was featured in featured improved car chase and storyline. Nope, that's gone in 60 seconds. I take that back. That's the new one. But anyway... It does seem like it was, they went through a lot of vehicles, and 
It was, and it was pretty impressive. And it was kind of slick too, because in the end, it was like he actually went through within the story. He actually goes through four cars in a sense, like each one either gets demolished, and in the end, it's kind of funny and more or less just convenience. He ends up at this car wash where another. Uh, Mustang is actually getting washed and he's slick. He gets his car in there and most of the police are kind of like on his trail. So they're about to, um, they're about to uh, surround the car wash, but then he slips out and gets into the uh, recently washed and completely undamaged Mustang sits in there and drives off. And after he leaves and the police have already surrounded the car wash, the busted Mustang actually comes out and the odor is like uh, almost faints when she sees her car because, you know, she just came in, dropped her car off, figured, okay, it's going to get washed. And it looks like a car that's been through three states in a police chase. Uh, so you can imagine. So. I thought that was kind of interesting. And maybe one day I'll have to give that movie a shot again. Because it wasn't bad, but it just, I don't know, it just wasn't for me. So, um, a few days before I get into, like, what I thought of it and, um, you know, what I thought most of the movie. So, the basic premise of Gone Six Seconds is uh, Kip, who's Memphis's son, is trying to impress this... Uh, Big time gangster with um, trying to steal 50 cars. But unfortunately, um, he's caught while trying to steal like a Porsche. And this causes the whole thing of um, basically since he's lost those cars, it kind of causes their whole operation to um, take a dive. And because of it, you know, Cleetry's kind of... Uh, the main bad guy, whose name is Kalitri, is upset with him because he's like, hey, I promised you 50 cars, you can't deliver, so I guess I'll have to kill you. Um, it gets back to Memphis and what's happening, and Memphis decides to go down and help his brother out, and he says, hey, don't kill him, I'll get you your cars. He's like, well, I need them in four days. He's like, okay, I'll get you your cars in four days. It's like, okay, well, if you don't, I'm going to kill you and your brother and even your mother. And... Um, so uh, Memphis has to get his old gang together. Kip actually has a kind of a new, um, uh, a few new bloods to join the ranks. And they all kind of uh, get together to try to um, steal these 50 cars. And throughout the entire uh, series is a um, basically collection of just random events, action sequences. As they're trying to uh, scope out different cars. As they're trying to evade police. Um, they do manage to steal. Um, basically, they their um, plan is to pretty much steal all the cars in one night. Which they do a pretty good job of for the most part. Um, there's a few hiccups. And then, of course, um, with Memphis back in town, the police are now kind of like, well, you were uh, you were actually out of the game for a while. And now you're back. So you must be planning on something. Uh, and unfortunately, they start getting wise. And especially when they find out on all the cars and they see a certain special one, um, Eleanor, they know that he's going to save that one for last. And it becomes not probably as um, 
it's not as impressive maybe as the first one if you want to go by just like how realistic it is because of course the first one it was all just you know real cars and stunt driving uh but it's really impressive nonetheless uh the kind of uh the things they do with cg of him like weaving in and out of traffic barely missing buses uh barely missing uh construction vehicles it's a cool sequence yes far-fetched but you know what if you take anything from the uh, fast and the furious if you could watch fast and furious movies uh god 60 seconds is gonna be fine you're not gonna be um disappointed with it Although there is one final jump in um, Gone 60 Seconds that's kind of like, okay, this is this is the one that you went over to the top. Out of all the other stunts, hey, okay, I can kind of see it, kind of see this one. Okay, that was kind of a close call. And hey, I see the CG kind of like, I see the CG meddling in this stunt. The last one was like, okay, you've you jumped, in a sense, jumped the shark quite literally in that last one. Um, but I'll just say that, um, I really, really enjoyed this movie. It, something about teen movies, and I've said this before on, um, when I talked about, uh, personal interests of Leverage, Guardians of the Galaxy, I've mentioned a couple of times, is there something about team dynamics, which is just really cool, especially when done right, and Kind of going back to X-Men, it's one of those things that I feel like they really missed the ball on. Um, if you notice on the X-Men movies, they keep on trying to focus on one or two characters. But worse, they want to focus on the same one or two characters throughout their entire run. I mean, most of the X-Men movies can be summed up with a fight between um, Xavier and... Magneto, and when it's not between those two, it's just about Wolverine. And that really misses the mark. I mean, sure, you can have one or two movies, but when every movie in your franchise is still based on that, that's where the problem lies. And you're not giving people like their just dues, you're not giving them like their um, kind of moments. Not, not unlike if you watch Gone in 60 Seconds. Gone in 60 Seconds, I mean, it's a movie that introduced... We've never seen any of these characters before, even though I will say that I think that this is probably the beginning of the Nicolas Cage being Nicolas Cage at this point, because I think he is playing the character of Memphis Reigns, but um, after this point, Nicolas Cage kind of just plays himself in movies, and you'll know when if, if you've ever watched the movies before. But um, but in this one, when you meet um his when you meet his crew, like the Silent Sphinx, who's just a badass but uh, rarely ever, but never speaks, uh, Sway, which you can tell is a kind of ex girlfriend and um, a good um, a driver on her own, Donnie, uh, another friend of his, um, also like Otto. All these characters, you know, you they do a good job in introducing them, introducing their relation to uh, Memphis and what they bring to the table. And throughout the movie, you see their contributions. Even um, uh, Kip, when they show his brother, you know, you find out he's at least a decent 
um, driver himself, and but mainly he's trying to impress his brother, and his crew is kind of like a, um, in a sense, an homage. And and when I look back at it, his crew is definitely like an homage to his brother's crew because it was kind of like he wanted to do what his brother did, even though his brother tried to Memphis tried to get out of the game and try to, you know, lead a normal life and hope that his brother found the same. No, his brother was impressed on what he did before. Not only did he get into car boosting, but he did it while trying to get a crew together like his brother's crew. And it was also funny seeing those two crews uh, clash and eventually um, come together in a sense in the... um, during the scouting missions and then also at the end. So it had a lot of really cool dynamics. And I don't think um, a lot of these movies get credit for that because they do a good job in juggling, even though, yeah, it is, it is based like, this is kind of like, Oh, it is based off of, um, you know, Memphis's character of uh, Nicholas Cage's character and his relation with um, uh, Kip Giovanni. And also, um, uh, was his name um, Delroy Lindo, who plays uh, Castlebeck, who's the detective who um, had chased Memphis before, uh, but could never catch him, and now kind of feels this is his chance. You actually get that from their interactions, from um, their dialogue, from just different things, and I, I feel like you don't you don't give that you don't give a movie like that. You know, I don't think it gets as much credit now that I think about it because you get every, you understand it. You don't need a previous movie. You don't need to check wiki for like names or what their motivations or what happened before. It's all explained within the movie. So again, um, you know, hands down to um, the director Dominique Cena and uh, Jerry Bruckheimer for the most part. Because again, like I said, Jerry Bruckheimer's films feel very similar and maybe there's a good reason for that you know maybe that feeling is what kind of caused us to just be more invested in these characters um like i said it's just all very impressive on what they do and they're able to um get together the crew um when his old crew comes back together they kind of just fall back in place they even have like their own um inside jokes i get to the point where um uh donnie's looking at the list and he's like oh they got this on you know they got this car out here um and they kind of everyone gives like a knowing like oh looking at memphis like oh you know what that means um and like i said it's got some really cool moments here and there in it um, I actually was one, I was actually talking with a friend of mine from work thinking, you know, maybe this movie can do with a reboot, but you know, no, not really because I mean, yes, it has been, um, almost like, uh, going on, uh, 20 years now, but at the same time, there's not much difference you can really do because they did, um, in the first one, there was like some, it was a lot of random stuff like limousines and trucks. So, you know, um, you could change up, you know, the type of cars, but really the type of cars they were stealing in this movie compared to the type of cars they'd be stealing in, like if they made it in even uh, best ballpark rate figure, 
you would think the movie comes out in 2021, you know, the only thing you'd be adding are things like, you know, Bugattis and, um, was it Teslas and what, maybe some other concept, you know, a couple of the newer Mustangs here and there, but, you know, that's about it. You know, you have, you're kind of a fear of turning it into, um, something more of akin of, um, need for speed. And there's just a dynamic with the crew and everything that you just, you know, don't get if you, uh, change it like that. I would even say that in some cases, this may be even better than, um, Fast and Furious in some instances, um, because none of the personalities uh, overshadow the others. Like, yes, Nicolas Cage is a lead is a lead in personality, but at the same time, he meshes well. Unlike when you watch um, in the Fast and the Furious ones, some of the personalities are so overblown that you know, of course, with um, like Vin Diesel just kind of takes over everything, and now it's The Rock. Um, so I would definitely say like Gone 60 Seconds way better and uh, for the most part I think holds up I'd have to kind of I'm re-watching it now a little bit as I um, set up and um, I'm probably going to close this out pretty soon um, I'll have this posted pretty quickly and probably either later today or maybe tomorrow I'll actually start posting uh, some of the pictures and hopefully I should have the Mustang completed today. I'm shooting for it. I mean, if you see this, it's hilarious that there's at least 10 different bags that I've got to open pretty much one uh, from the booklet, not just a uh, poster of the um, how to put it together, but an actual booklet of, <laughs> of putting this thing together. You'd almost think that I'm building the car in a sense. But anyway, um, I'd have to watch, but kind of going back to Gone City Seconds, I'd have to watch the movie um, over again, which I'm kind of doing now, but I think for the most part, um, all the jokes, all the humor, all the, you know, if you want to say the politics of it, um, I think still holds up. I don't think there's too much that doesn't hold up now, except for probably they can switch out a few more women, especially in Kip's new crew, because there are none, um, which wouldn't be a problem. I mean, there's like maybe... There's at least two different people that I can think of that you can switch them out for a woman. If you kept everything else the same, it would basically be the same. It'd basically be the same movie. Um, uh, Memphis's crew probably stays the same with um, just Angelia Jolie as the kind of alpha female, maybe one other, but really don't need it. And then um, uh I'd keep, like, Castleback and, um, was it his partner, uh, oh, I'm trying to remember his partner's name, which is Timothy Oliphant, of all people, which I think is actually cool, um, Drykoff, which I would keep him, because, uh, and it's funny seeing him so young. So, another movie slash series that I, I watched, uh, recently was Deadwood, and, of course, Timothy Oliphant was the main um, character in that movie, which, oh, sorry, in the show back in the early 2000s, and then, of course, they made a movie, um, which released about a week or so ago, and, um, it's, um, it's kind of crazy to see how old he's gotten, I mean, it has been, you know, almost like 15 years between those movies, and if you watch this, this was, like, uh, almost 20 years ago, and funny enough, 
I'm at a point where uh, Nicolas Cage's uh, masker is uh, kind of uh, scouting out a uh, Ferrari um, dealership. And I actually see my car, uh, the one, the Lego Ferrari that I built, is actually in this movie. So that uh, gives me more of a sign that I need to uh, build this car. And um, <laughs> it's just more of a sign that I need to get it done. So with that in mind, I'm going to actually end it uh, end it here. So um, I want to uh, take a moment to thank... Everyone, anyone who listens to this podcast, if you ever have suggestions or comments or want to talk about how much you love Gone to 60 Seconds or how much you didn't care for it, or if there are other movies or shows or anything that you want me to talk about or go into, by all means, you can leave uh, comments with Anchor. They do, uh, believe, voice uh, messages, but you can also send me a Twitter, um, a Twitter message at... Uh, at Morningstar Journal, journal spelled J-R-N-L. You can also reach me on um, Gmail at the Morningstar Journal at gmail.com. Again, that's uh, all spelled out, the Morningstar Journal. Uh, no spaces, no dots or anything, just um, all one line, the Morningstar Journal at gmail.com. And also on Instagram, like I said, you'll probably see a few extra postings of uh, pictures of this monstrosity that I put together. But again, thank everyone for, you know, listening. Thank you for your time. And if you have any movies, you know, take some time to, you know, check out. You got some movies you love from back in the um, 2000s, the 90s, the 80s. Um, heck, if you've heard of some movies in the 70s, you know, take a moment and, you know, just check it out. And, you know, realize that they didn't have a lot of the... Um, you know, kind of shortcuts of CG and, um, you know, things that we can do today. So they made do with it and they made really good stories. And I kind of feel maybe we need to, you know, as, um, you know, most entertainers maybe need to kind of go back to it because they had to do more with less. And I think that's um, something powerful to learn from. But again, thank you. And I hope everyone has a great week. Peace.